With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here we go. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL Showdown Strategy Show. And I believe I believe this is the final one of the regular season because we got no Monday night football. I don't think we have Thursday night football next week. No, this is it. This is it. We conclude the strategy show for showdowns. I assume, though, that Matt and I will be back talking about plenty of them in the uh, in the postseason. But, Matt, this is it, dude. 17 weeks up and down, doing two of these every single week. You and me, here we are, brother. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I was actually thinking about this this morning. But, you know, with the wild card structure, we've been lucky enough to get a Monday night football during the first week of the playoffs. So I, I haven't looked at the schedule, but I was hoping this wasn't going to be the last one. But, yeah, otherwise I'm doing good. I had a great holiday. Went home, saw the folks for a little bit. Now back, ready to dive into a huge weekend of football, man. How are you? How was your holiday? Good, man. It was a, it was a nice Christmas. It was a nice Christmas, and uh, I'm glad you had a good one as well. Hopefully, you guys did too. Did we have Monday night football in the divisional round too, or just? I know we definitely had it in the wild card round, and that I was. I can't remember, form. but this is like deja vu. We had this almost exact same conversation last year. We're like, it's the last regular season one. Neither of us had checked the playoff schedule, but we were almost certain we had at least at least one there. So I do vaguely remember same. that. I don't know. I vaguely remember that conversation. Yeah, well, you do this enough times, things are going to run together. Happy to have you guys with us, though. If you don't mind, take one single second this wonderful Thursday morning. Tone for your sins here on the Showdown Strategy Show and hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel. Matt, we're, we're 95,100, so... We're less than 5,000 from getting to 100,000 subs. That would put us north of 100 here and on the Odd Shopper channel. Pretty nice accomplishment, I must say. Yeah, I can't believe the Odd Shopper channel sur surpassed us with the huge... Took off. Yeah, it did take off. But yeah, man, we're right there. I just atoned for my sins, do it, doing my part, so Thanks, I'm sir. ready. Thank you. <laughs> Had to get my like in there, too. But yeah, right. man, we're close. It feels good. It Thank does. you, everyone. I was going to say, appreciate you guys supporting the channel and, and everything all these years. I know many of you have been with us a long time, too. If not, that's okay. Welcome. Sit down. Relax. Let's talk some football. And, of course, if you're watching or listening after the fact, leave a comment down below. And never, I was I was surprised how many people listen to this show in podcast form. I get DMs about it all the time. Uh, if you want, all these shows you can find in podcast form. You don't have to watch them on YouTube. And we even have podcast-exclusive content that Ben and I do every Tuesday 30, 35 minutes, review the previous slate with the post-contest simulator. Uh, I tell you what, massively, massively helpful episode. Not just for me, but I guarantee you guys will love it. I've said it all season. And then we take a look at the upcoming slate. 
game theory, strategy, single entry, three max stuff. We get you in, we get you out. So if you haven't checked that out yet, be sure to do so only on podcast form, but um, it's free so you can find it. And I hope you do. All right. Yeah. Andy said podcast is great when you're at work. I love it. Exactly. A lot of people do it like commuting or something. You don't have YouTube premium. So you, you want to close your phone and listen, makes sense. Anyway, Matt, we've got Browns and Jets today. Seven and a half points spread Brown's favorite at home where their defense has been significantly better than it has on the road. 34 and a half point total weather should be fine. I saw rain in the forecast, but then I looked down and it looks like we're, we're not getting any rain here. So uh, it doesn't appear that we're looking at much rain or weather 50 degrees, like pretty decent temperatures for late December in Cleveland, Ohio, but it is just a, a wild matchup that I don't think anyone anticipated us seeing at this time of year where Joe Flacco now has started four games. They're passing at like a 65% clip in these games. He's attempted 44 plus passes in every game. He's completely unlocked David and Joku, something that Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, and everyone else was incapable of doing. And he just set up Amari Cooper for a, uh, for a franchise single game receiving yards record, eclipsing Josh Gordon with 265 yards or whatever it was. I mean, what a story this has been. And let me just say, when it comes to comeback player of the year, can we just get DeMar Hamlin's name out of the picture and give it to Joe Flacco? Like someone who's actually playing football well? Sure, man. I have no issues with that. I mean, DeMar Hamlin sucks. Sucks what he went through, but... <laughs> Like yeah, the guys played like single digit snaps this I, year. I know, I know. It was just fun. <laughs> I got not. This isn't a hot take. I it know. Might, I know. Yeah, it I might mean, sound right. mean for a guy that died on the field, but all the power to him. He's famous. He's gotten a lot of money for it. He's putting it to good in the community. He just isn't very good at football. It is what it is. I'm not yeah. breaking news here. No, you're. You know what you're doing. I'll tell you what you're doing. You're just telling the truth. I try to do that and people get mad about it sometimes, man. I know they do. That's why I laughed so hard because it's funny when people get fired up. No, look, is it awesome that he got back on the field? Yeah, it is. We're not getting into this. I'm just saying like, but he was a back, he was a backup when the injury happened to begin with, right? Like he was a backup that was filling in. He was, yeah. I, I always say this, but it, no, nobody knew who DeMar, nobody knew who he was. I right? did. He went to pit. Well, obviously you did because you have that you're wired differently, but uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the truth. I'm saying though, that like nobody, and it's not his fault that no one knew who he was. He's still an NFL professional and NFL football player, but like comeback player of the year. Shouldn't it be? I mean, I know Joe Flacco has gotten picked off, but if you had to, if you had to select somebody, right, you're in the committee that, that, that awards these, these um these players who would it who would it be because to me it would just clear and i know flacco's gotten picked off and stuff but still he's finding ways to win to me it's just clearly flacco yeah i have no problem with flacco too uh i mean just like anyone that had a severe injury last sure. year i think yeah I, I, flacco i think is right up there right for me him for me it's either him or tua probably i'd have to really think about it i'm not like too privy on the defensive injuries from last year or some of the other skill players, like maybe Cup. I don't know. A lot of guys that are just way, way more deserving than Tamar. What about Baker? We got to comment and chat about that. He's a great one. Uh, like, this is going to sound like a hot take. 
And I'm just going to say it from a statistical perspective, I understand you have to win a lot of games to be the MVP, but he has better stats than Lamar Jackson. And he plays on a team with less around him. If the MVP was actually voted on as the true most valuable player, Baker Mayfield like has a argument. I wouldn't give it to him still, but he's there. Like he's had an unbelievable year. So if you wanted to give him comeback player of the year, I wouldn't hate it. And I mean, he overcame a lot. He was drafted by the Browns. It's kind of, they've ruined yeah. <laughs> more quarterback careers than just about any other franchise outside of maybe Carolina. Isn't it amazing though that I, okay. So DeMar Hamlin's minus 350, whatever. Uh, Flacco's plus 350, Baker's plus 700. Kind of amazing that a guy who was drafted in by the Browns and fell into obscurity and was left for dead has the third shortest odds. And a guy who is now the active starting quarterback for the Browns has the second shortest odds. Who would have, dude, who would have thought? Yeah, man. And, and one of them, Joe Flacco's playing his old team, who's had quarterback struggles all year. Could have done exactly what the Browns did. Picked up a guy off the practice squad, thrown him in there, had a competent offense, and instead they'll miss the playoffs. And I think Salah should probably be fired at this point. Well, they went out and got nobody, just Trevor Simeon. But it's time to talk about that, and this should be fun because uh, – well, yeah, let's start on the Jets' side, Matt. You ready to get this done? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the, the last week, okay, Trevor Simeon came in targeted Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson 70% of the time, 70% of the time, 16 targets to Brees Hall, 15 to Wilson. Now that isn't to say Ty Conklin was uninvolved. He had seven himself, but Garrett Wilson, 44% of air yards in that game, Brees Hall, 36% target share, 16 targets. You needed him on Sunday along with Joe Flacco at 20. You, who would have thought again that if you wanted to win a million week 16, you would have needed three players from the teams that are playing tonight, and it's the Jets and the Browns. I could go on forever. Nothing makes sense. We're living in the matrix. You get my point, though, man. Uh, you just saw last week Trevor Simeon say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not on a very good football team. My offensive line has been banged up. They, you know, There's some trouble here. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my two best players because everyone else in this offense stinks. Tyler Conklin's fine, but everybody else for the most part stinks. I'm going to take my two best players against this Washington defense, and I'm going to pepper the shit out of them with targets. And that's exactly what he did. And both of them had pretty solid games. I mean, it makes sense if you, you know, you're thinking about this just from a football perspective, what's the best way to win games is get your best players, the ball, as many times as you possibly can. The Brees numbers were insane, man. And this is going to be a big decision point on the slate today because it's the toughest matchup you could possibly draw up. But man, you just don't see running backs getting 33% target shares. Yeah. yeah. And you have to at least ask yourself if this is sticky because of the quarterback change. So obviously he wasn't seeing this opportunity with Zach Wilson, but now you have Simeon who is also inept unlike Wilson he's scared to push the ball downfield so you end up with all these checkdowns and all these targets there's a very real possibility that Brees Hall just gets there off sheer PPR volume and he doesn't even need to be efficient now he's expensive and we'll talk about him in relation to the expensive Browns and the other expensive Jets but man you're you're required to play at least one Jet and I think it's kind of hard to avoid him as the the said Jet that might enter your lineups 
Yeah, me too, man. Uh, this Cleveland defense has clearly been good at home, but as you just pointed out, you have to play somebody here. And, you know, the secondary, they do have some, some, they do have some, some injuries in the secondary for Cleveland, but it's, Trevor Simeon is inept. So what would you rather, if, if you're going to look, we're not saying you need Brees Hall to see 36 opportunities. He had 20 carries and uh, 16 targets last game, which is just I mean, truly utterly ridiculous. But at the same time, They've done a pretty good job of limiting opposing passing games this year. Uh, on the season, the Cleveland Browns, just pulling this up now, have allowed, let's see, 19 passing touchdowns. They have 16 interceptions. But I'll bet you if you went back and looked at these crazy home road splits that most of these passing touchdowns have come on the road. They're at home tonight. I don't know. With Brees Hall and that price point, it doesn't even matter to me when you consider the volume also, one other thing, Matt, if we're just kind of going to look at this in its entirety, do you know how many touchdowns the Jets have allowed to opposing wide receivers this year? Off the top of my head, I do not. Take a guess. 18. So the Jets defense receiving touchdowns to receivers this year. Four. Who's gotten them all? I don't know. But only four. Seems is, awfully noisy. It might be, but like the next closest team is allowed 10. The point I'm getting to isn't that they're going to finish the season with four pass, four receiver touchdowns, but it's more so. And they have allowed, I think, like 11 or eight or so to, to tight ends. My point is that the secondary for the Jets is still really good. So you look at Amari Cooper coming off a smash spot. This is not a, a, a great matchup for him either. What I'm saying is that all of the skill players in this game are going to have some warts in some form or fashion. Some oh, yeah, drawbacks. For sure. yeah. yeah, without doubt. I mean, our quarterbacks are still Joe Flacco and Trevor Simeon. It's hard to orchestrate an offense without warts there. So, yeah, your point is well taken on Brees Hall. I mean, Flacco, there's a large sample of him as well, and it's not like the matchup's easy. Just have a pretty decent pass rush, very good secondary led by Sauce. I mean, it's one of the tougher matchups that Joe Flacco will have faced this year. So, yeah, I mean, there's no easy sledding with any elite skill player in this matchup. We have very talented ones, but they're all hamstrung by one thing or another here. The, the only thing I'll say with Cleveland is they're projected to win this game by pretty healthy margin, 7.7.5 in some spots. A lot more touchdown equity on that side. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Nick said, Amari Cooper brought me to the best ball finals. Congrats, dude. Yeah, I had a team. I had one team live to get to the finals, Matt. And I had Amari Cooper, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Brees Hall. And I'm going, wow, could I have gotten, could I have run any better? I look at the team ahead of me, Amari Cooper, Amon Ross St. Brown, Brees Hall, and just, a, he finished with 228 on DraftKings. That's nuts. 228. I didn't stand a chance. Did you get any into the finals? Not into the finals. Yeah, me neither. I advanced at a really high rate through in, through the first round, and then round two, just crash and burn, man. Trying to pull up my team and see what the best one I had was. I don't know. It'll take me a little bit, but yeah, man, not, none through the finals. So, Nick, everyone else in the chat that got one through, got a couple through, congrats. Huge week for you. Let's take it down. Take it down, boys. Yeah, take it down. Nick said round two is brutal. Yeah, I had 
I had 26 of a hundred through to the second round and got one through to the That's third. That's really round. good, man. Yeah. It's, it, dude, it was a great advance, right? But it doesn't matter. Like once you get it, once you get into like rounds two and three and stuff, it's all how healthy is your team? And I had Tyree yeah. kill my two highest exposed players in my, by, by far were Tyree kill and tank Dell. So that'll do it. Yeah. I had a ton of Stroud. What's that? Yeah. I had a ton of Stroud. Right. Nico. And that's another one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, uh, just looking at the jets, I, I don't know. Am I, what about Garrett Wilson? Because I think you could talk about Garrett Wilson in the same conversation as Brees Hall. Now, let me preface it with this. Is Garrett Wilson, does Garrett Wilson have as high a floor in a spot like this with Trevor Simeon in there as Brees Hall? No, I'm not saying he does. However, he's going to be massively involved as he is almost every single week. And I think this is still one of those teams where we'll talk about Tyler Conklin. He's the number three, but he's the distant number three. There's like tier one, which is Brees Hall. And I will put Wilson in there just from a volume perspective alone. If you want to make it like Brees Hall and then a slight drop down to Garrett Wilson, I'm fine with that. But then tier three is like way far down with Tyler Conklin. Would you agree that once you get past Tyler Conklin, you're talking like basement level tier four for the rest of this Jets team in a tough matchup? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And the only thing that keeps them relevant is their prices. And we might also see Alan Lazard miss this game, which would, yeah. I think, bring up the snaps for Gibson and Brownlee and these scrubs. But even if they get three or four targets at that price tag, that's really why I'm interested in them. It has nothing to do with their individual talent or the volume they'll see. The Jets are going to have to throw at some point tonight. So it's really just a price play on those guys. But I do agree with your ordering. I think I would rather find the salary to get up to Brees for his safety in comparison to Garrett Wilson right now. But there's a lot of moving parts here. Amari Cooper, I think, will play if he's out. Would have more interest in Garrett Wilson just because you would have more avenues just playing a stud. There's less options up in that price range. Amari is uh, pretty well known for playing through injuries. So as yes. of now, I'm just going to assume that he's in, right? And, and another thing, Matt, I don't want to ignore the fact that the Brown. Do you know what the Browns' record is? <laughs> you know what the they're going to win. Like they're this is a playoff team. They're good. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I'm just saying because they've started what? Who have they started? Dorian Thompson Robinson, Deshaun Watson. They've started Joe Flacco. Uh, who Walker. started? Who? PJ Walker. Walker. Who started the year? Was it or who? Watson the, wasn't it? After Watson got hurt, I meant early in the season, it was Walker, right? And then they, they tried to do DTR. He had a terrible game. Then they benched him. Baltimore, right? Yeah, and then they went to PJ. Then they went back to DTR. Had another horrible game, and now they're on Flacco. Right. So they've had four different quarterbacks. And if you consider the fact that Watson was pretty terrible himself, and Flacco's by far the best that they've had, is it not remarkable that in the AFC North? This team is 10 and five. Yeah, man, they're an awesome team. It, it's kind of, I think the Jets are an awesome team. It shows you what possibly can happen if you get even competent quarterback play. It's not like you need Patrick Mahomes out there or something. You you need a guy that can orchestrate an offense. Both teams have elite defenses. Cleveland sits on that a lot and it keeps them in games. 
then as long as you don't have turnovers and you have a decent run game, which, I mean, that's a question at this point in the season for Cleveland, but it's been pretty good throughout the year. You can win a lot of games, even in arguably the most competitive division in football, which the Browns play in. Just an insane division. And they're going to make the playoffs, man, as long as things don't go horrifically wrong. It's an awesome team with Flacco. Shocking to say, but it's true. No, you're absolutely right. And Brandon Kent, you're right. They lost Nick Chubb as well early in the year. It's crazy. Uh, Anthony Marcus, a day after I said Cooper was the most underrated wide receiver in the league, he went nuts. Yeah, he did. He did. We actually funny because we were on the show. It was Sunday. Ben and I talking about it, saying like the two kind of most underappreciated guys as far as star wide receivers go are Amari and Mike Evans. And Mike Evans had what another two touchdown game. He's got like 47 of them on the year. But um, Jake asked Matt, any worries about Brees being game scripted out? Shit, man. Not after seeing that target share last week. Yeah, they've completely soured on Dalvin. He probably gets cut after this year. And then Abanaconda is not a pass catcher. So, uh, like, they've used Abanaconda more in recent games, but he just flat out can't pass block, can't catch the ball. So he's the player that's most likely to get game scripted out. And then you still have a running back in there. And you'll definitely have one in there tonight with the Browns pass rush. So Brees is going to be on the field a lot, even in negative game script. That'll affect his carries. But honestly, it might work in his favor because Simeon checks down so much. Car yep. Target's worth more than carries. And a better Kenda is uh, questionable as well. So we can keep an eye on that. Would you, would you consider somebody like him in a game like this to get like massive salary relief? Because that that's the guy, like you said, you definitely worry about him getting scripted out. I think you just go up to the receivers. Brownlee. I mean, I would rather have Conklin for sure. Price adjusted. Oh yeah. And yeah. Obviously there's a gap in salary there. What I'm saying is I would just make it work with like Conklin over Abanaconda or something like that. Gibson. Just about anyone I think other than him. I think I'd rather go Gibson over any of them. Also. Uh kick punt return upside who knows he did it before though you remember uh you remember week one against the bills Xavier? No. <laughs> you don't no i don't come on how do you forget that that was 9 11 first game of the season thursday night football rogers runs out with the flag second third play of the game done with the achilles yeah, I and remember then, that part. What I'm, what I think happened is I went to bed because all my lineups were complete <laughs> dust after that. So I was like, "I'm screw this. I'm not watching the rest of this right, game." So, so what happened? Xavier Gibson had a walk off punt return touchdown in overtime. He's been Bills, pretty good with the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I think at his price point, he's reasonable. What is he? Uh, 3,200 in the flex. I would take him over a Banacanda any day of the week. Find an extra thousand or whatever it is and just go there. I would take Brownlee too. These guys have both played a ton, done largely nothing with them, but Lazard is questionable here. I think there's a good chance he sits. It's an illness. So I guess we won't really know till later in the day, but it's also like late onset. Like he came up with this yesterday. It's not like He's been dealing with an illness all week and he's had time to recover and get better. He was full practice twice and then DMP on, on Wednesday. So I, I don't know, man, I don't expect Lazard to play. We'll, we'll have to watch this, of course. And I think these players are still good values, whether he's out there or not. But if Lazard misses, these are two of the premier values in the slate. Do you remember the years where players used to have like three 
punt return or kick return touchdowns in a season never happens anymore no man the rules have changed you can yep. you can fair catch anywhere in the field if it's a kickoff and get the ball at the 25 so you're not even forced to return it anymore exactly they're just incentivizing people not getting their brains beat in on, yeah. on return i think they might actually get rid of it there's been some talk of that and Unless it sounds like kamikaze it's, it's... britain covey that guy rules <laughs> he does He's the best kick returner in the NFL, not because he's super skillful or anything like that. You want to watch an exciting play, watch an Eagles punt return. You're going to see something crazy. He doesn't. He just doesn't care. It's crazy. Just straight into oncoming traffic. Zero but plus. no, I, I I like Tyler Conklin in this spot. It, it, again, it, I think the way we break these down by tier makes sense. It's Brees, then Garrett Wilson below him but not far below him. And then Tyler Conklin, then everybody else. Uh, if Lazard is out, that could make a difference. Sure. But I mean, Matt Conklin has been a steady six, seven target per game guy, which I think at his current price point, totally reasonable. Is he, is he super underpriced? No. Is he an amazing value? No. Uh, is he overpriced? No. I think for a guy getting that type of volume in a low scoring game with a 34 and a half point total, you could see two offenses struggle I think the PPR value in something like that is probably enough. Uh, touchdown equity obviously is low, but I think it's low for any of these non-top-tier options on either side. Yeah, it's low for everyone on the Jets. Ruckert's out again, so there's no concerns of him playing the full game. Conklin's going to be out there almost every single snap. Just don't trust any other tight ends. Like Their second tight end, really, at this point, is Kenny Yaboa, who's bounced around the NFL. So, I mean, Ruckert being out is huge. Conklin, he should be in line for probably the second most targets on this team, depending on what they do with Brees. I mean, th that Brees target share last week was bananas. I'd never project running backs for 33% target shares. So going to put a little asterisk by this saying I would project him for the second most targets. I think that just highly dependent on what they do with Brees. But yeah, man, he's safe. And you don't have that with Gibson. You don't have that with Brownlee. You definitely don't have that with Lazard. He also operates in the underneath portion of the field. So like right where Brees gets all those targets, that's that's why you have a lot of Conklin targets too. And I don't need him to be efficient. I don't even know if we need him to score at 5K. What we need is five to six targets and for him to catch 80, 90% of them. And if he scores, that would just be great. Who do you think in our tools right now in the top single game and showdown plays tool, who do you think is the highest leveraged skill player? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Probably Elijah Moore. Close. David and Joku. Okay. I get it. It does make sense. The fact that, that Flacco has kind of unlocked him. Also, there has to be something to be said, right? About because Grant Delpit's out, uh, for whatever that's worth. I mean, it's significant. He's a good player, but he's been out. There has to be there's something to be said, right? About the fact that the corners on this Jets team are just incredible. That absolutely is the case. And Joku's already had excellent volume. So now when you start factoring in like 
matchup stuff that works in his favor too, especially at his price. I think he's a pretty easy click. And I don't see the offense really changing. You know, you look at their passer over expectation stuff and how it's been so crazy recently. Their offensive line is demolished. Um, honestly, like they can't run the ball. So they've just had to abandon that and that's not going to change. But I've been shocked that they can pass protect so well for Flacco when he's been able to hang in there. But for whatever reason, they've held up reasonably well in pass blocking. They've been horrific in run blocking. And it's just forced them to be this pass-heavy offense. So, you know, like even if Njoku doesn't have this insane target share and it skews randomly Elijah Moore's game or Amari Cooper as a game, Njoku's still going to have a fair amount of targets with their pass rate being so high. So, I mean, he's just a really hard player to fade at this price at this point in the year. For sure. And forgive me, by the way, I was I was mixing up defenses there. Uh, talking about Njoku, but yeah, the the Jets have the the Jets have been relatively weak at tight end uh, defensively. Now again, the whole defense versus position thing only takes you so far, but it's a showdown slate, so we'll take what we can get. They've allowed the second most touchdowns to opposing tight ends, only four to wide receivers this year. It has been a spot that has been uh, somewhat exploitable this season. So David Njoku has just been good. He's getting volume. He's playing what like eighty plus percent of snaps. We'll get there in a second. But uh, I want to now that we got the tools update. I want to take a quick look with you at the Jets. See if anything pops off the page at you. Um, by the way, you have a backup kicker that they just signed to the practice squad. To the practice squad, they're going to bring him up, uh, Patterson, right? But then on the other side, you might have that kicker out as well. So it's possible that we only have one available kicker in this game to play. I'm I'm looking at uh, Garrett Wilson up there. You say this often that. A lot of times we have running backs negatively leveraged. Brees Hall is negatively leveraged in the tools, but my guess is we're still going to get a lot of him. Yeah, and you bring up an excellent point, one that's worth at least mentioning on every show. Just because they're negatively leveraged doesn't mean you can't build good lineups with them. It's a little bit trickier. You need to think about it more, but the tools filter out a lot of that noise that you might build that actually ends up being a poor lineup. So yeah, I, I imagine just with the raw projection, we'll get a lot of a lot of breeds, those lineups will just be a little different than some of the other ones. Anybody else you want to talk about with the Jets? Uh, and, of course, Trevor Simeon. We haven't really gotten there yet. I know he's not good, but he's going to be out there, and he's probably going to need to throw. I think I would rather just – I'm looking at a lot of 4-2 builds, stuff like that, and I would rather just play the players that catch the ball because he does nothing with his legs. He's not really live for a 300-yard bonus. Watch me eat my words after saying this, but I don't think he is. And he checks the ball down all the time. So you don't really have these big plays that can bury you either. Just the raw PPR volume from what is a hyper-concentrated target share, I think, gets you more efficient captains and the skill players over Simeon. So what about like Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson lineups without Simeon? Based on I what have we just no talked about, I was going to say, based on everything you just said, it, it actually does make sense. Yeah, no problem with that at all. Trevor Simeon last week, man, that is crazy. Trevor Simeon last week had 12 fantasy points. <laughs> Garrett Wilson had 16. So, you know, not, not bad at all. Not crazy good, but wasn't winning a tournament. Probably would be fine on a day like today. He had 16 and Brees Hall had 43. But the amazing part, is that what 12 let's see matt 22 of those 
fantasy points for Brees Hall came in the passing game. That's 36 combined fantasy points in the passing game between Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. And Trevor Simeon had 12 fantasy points. So that speaks to exactly what you were just saying. Yeah, that little bonus point you get for a reception goes a long way when your quarterback is scared to throw beyond four yards. Yeah, man. Certainly does. They had, what, like a combined 21 receptions or something like that? So that'll do it. But to your point, those guys can absolutely get there without Trevor Simeon getting there. Absolutely possible in a spot like tonight. All right. Any other any other guys we haven't talked about? We mentioned Brownlee. We'll keep an eye on the Alan Lazard status. Live before lock tonight, too, so we'll have all of that. T touched on Gibson. Um, anyone else? I don't think so, man. Like, they just don't pull anyone else up. I know. And you, you can't... I'm not playing play, Yaboa. Can't play Dalvin Cook right now. No way. I don't know if Dalvin Cook would be playable at 200, let alone his <laughs> current price tag. I, I know. I know I laugh at that, but I think you're right. I'm not he sure. He played five snaps. They had 90 offensive snaps last week. He played five. Without a single target or rushing attempt. Yeah, man. Yeah, he has he has two touches over the last two games. You can't do it. You're can't right. He, it. he should be minimum salary at this point. He should be the, the stone men. Anyway, let's talk about the Browns here. Before we do, you guys know, no matter what, whenever there's a bonus out there, whenever there's a sign-up bonus, whenever there is a free square, which there is, we're going to tell you about it. It's the same thing as any sports book. You get your bonuses, you collect that money, you get in on any options where you where you can grab better odds, you line shop. Except the difference with sports books and something like better, B-E-T-R, link in the description and in chat, is that sports books might give you like an odds boost, which is whatever, you know. Sports books might give you a profit boost and stuff like that. Better and these other pick'em sites just give you legit free squares. And you have a Patrick Mahomes half a passing yard free square. Take the over, not the under on that. Patrick Mahomes for this week, for new for any user, but if you're a new user as well, you're getting over half, half a passing yard. So you can up to 100x your entry free, free over on better, which is awesome. You can up to 100x. Now, certainly wouldn't suggest that every day you run out there and you just throw like eight legs into these lineups, right? But you can if you want especially if you're doing it for fun and they have a sign-up bonus that's better than any of the other ones out there. Look, I love underdog, everything they have there. I know everybody loves prize picks. Those are in non-legal betting states and that's great. You should love them, right? Sleeper, whatever. The difference is you should just be on all of them in order to get all of the sign-up bonuses you can, even if that means reallocating some of your funds over to another one of these sites, because when these free squares pop up, it's the same thing as getting like, you, you look at you look at a player prop on a sports book, you know, oh, okay, should I grab this at eight and a half rebounds when I love this guy? Or should I, oh, wait, there's a seven and a half out there at the overs plus money. Obviously, you'd be insane and you'd waste a ton of money to never shop the odds. Well, in this case, it's the same thing if you're on these pick'em sites. Um, Matt, I, I'll say it's on blue in the face. The free squares are going to make you money over time, even if you are, you know, just kind of coasting along and treading water, 
the difference between profiting and not profiting is going to be collecting signup bonuses and it's going to be getting free squares to maximize your ROI. It's that simple, I think. Yeah, man, I, I think the easiest way to put this, I don't know what sports books you guys use. Say it's DraftKings. You're just scrolling through DraftKings and then suddenly you see Patrick Mahomes has a passing prop of a half a yard. You're smashing the over instantly. Well, you know who's giving you these consistently? Like you're never going to find that on DraftKings or FanDuel consistently unless it's a crazy promo, which they don't do stuff like that regularly. But prize picks, underdog, all these pick em sites, they do these constantly. You get one at least once a week. And then if you're on every single one of these, all these sites, you're getting multiple chances a week to take advantage of these. It's it's absolutely a no-brainer. I don't know what else to say about it, honestly. Absolutely. Check it out. Link in the description and in chat. Up to $500 first match deposit bonus. And fortunately, a Patrick Mahomes free square over half a passing yard. Check it out. Sign up. Get your bonus. Get the free square. Talking about the Browns here, let's just assume Amari Cooper plays. I, you and I didn't talk about this before the show, so I actually don't know where you're going to stand on this. How much concern do you have with something like someone like Amari Cooper at his price point, coming off that huge game, now facing this Jets defense that has really done a spectacular job of locking down opposing wideouts, particularly number ones? I still think the volume is enough where you probably want to look at him. And yet, matchup's not going to be easy for Amari, but when you kind of contextualize the whole slate, who has an easy matchup over the other than David Njoku? So, I mean, they're still going to be passing the ball ton. They can't run the ball. Jets are pretty strong up front. Maybe the efficiency isn't quite there, but the volume should still be just fine for Amari Cooper. I think the only thing you're worried about is health. And if he plays, I mean, you brought this up earlier. The guy's a warrior and he just continually plays through injury. And he also finished last week's game. I kind of think this DMP stuff is just short week. They want him to be as healthy as possible. So no real reason to get him practice reps and risk aggravation. I think Amari's just fine. And it's it's also kind of just with everybody in on the slate in tough matchups. Like, what are we going to do? Take Brees over him, Garrett Wilson over him on a team that had, that's implied for less a full touchdown less than Cleveland who throws the ball less often. Like, I, I don't know about that either. So just lack of alternatives, the pass it over expectation. I'm still kind of just getting to Amari by default. Yeah, you're probably right. And, you know, I, I think probably if we were to look at a uh, the closest comp to a defense like this, as far as really doing a phenomenal job of shutting down opposing wide receivers, it probably would be, it, it would probably be the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, the, the Baltimore Ravens have been pretty damn good in that respect. And Amari went up against the Ravens earlier in the season with poor quarterbacking and had six for 98 on nine targets. So he can do it. It's just, you are you would agree, we're going to need the volume with Amari Cooper today. Yeah, I think so. He's expensive. That's, at the end of the day, like I think every single elite player on this slate needs volume because we're not projecting efficiency outside Absolutely. of maybe Njoku. I don't want to ignore the fact though that okay, so I've been I've been pretty ever since Kareem Hunt came into town and has been healthy, I've been pretty much fading Brown's backfield in its entirety almost. Not even intentionally, it's just the way it goes, right? They're not going to project particularly well. Jerome Ford's had a few nice games, but nothing that in main slates is going to come close to winning you a tournament. Hell, even when he had that long like 69-yard touchdown to open the game uh mid-season against the Colts. 
Still didn't really matter. He finished with 17. But with that in mind, this is a spot where the Jets, the Jets' weakness, I don't want to say weakness, but they haven't been nearly as stout against opposing running backs. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first game. Okay. I'll take a bit of a stand on this because I've been thinking about it. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first game with Joe Flacco under center that the Browns actually look to lean far more on the run and actually have a far more balanced approach than they have in any of these previous other games. I could see this being the case. And if that is, I don't want to just sleep on the running backs here, even though Kareem Hunt is in there to take away opportunities from Jerome Ford. Yeah, there's a couple things, I think, to break down there. First of all, Cleveland has a terrible line that's just been demolished by him. They're on like their fifth and sixth offensive tackles. Yeah, it's bad. So I think some of this might not even be the Jets have a weakness up front. Cleveland also has a weakness up front, so it's kind of like weakness on weakness, who wins out. But then to your point, the Browns have been in a bunch of like really close shootout-type games. I know that the game against the Texans got – it worked in their favor, especially towards the end. But prior to that, you talk about all the dropback games. I mean, single-digit victory over Jacksonville, single-digit victory over Chicago. Those were really competitive games. Now you've got a game outside of a touchdown in terms of spread. What happens if Cleveland just like goes up 14-0 in the game, which is certainly live? Do we see them take a more balanced approach? I think that's definitely in the range of potential outcomes in this game. So I, I definitely don't hate your line of thinking. And with pricing on this slate too, I was honestly pretty surprised to see Ford come in as positively leveraged as he is, especially with we our tools sometimes will sort of favor the wide receivers over running backs, all things equal. But in this matchup, man, and on this slate, I think you're just going to get more mid-price guys over the studs. Like, I think we'll run the Sims at the end, but my inclination now after seeing the tools is you'll get one stud, whether it's Amari, Breeze, Garrett Wilson, something like that. And then you'll get some balance of mid-price guys like Ford, Njoku, a defense and kicker, then maybe one punt. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. But right now, I just think the context and the salaries on this slate, Ford fits the builds more efficiently than going to like three of the studs and then punting off the rest of your lineup. One last thing on that though. I think Alan Lazard is key. If Lazard plays, I think you'll remain seeing Ford and Njoku super positively leveraged, but I'm curious to see what would happen if Lazard is out and we get better projections on Gibson and Brownlee, then do we get more stars and scrubs and guys like Ford become not quite as positively leveraged. That's a big key to the slate for me, but I think a lot of this is pricing dynamics. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. And look, one of the things that stands out with me when it comes to Ford is that you would think that Kareem Hunt came in as, as an option to get you know, more opportunities in the passing game and kind of lead the charge there on third downs. Hasn't really been the case, man. So in the four games that Flacco has started, Ford has 44 of the uh, rushing attempts to Kareem Hunt's 36. Pierre Strong has 10, right? So 44 to 36, he has the advantage there. But what about the fact that Jerome Ford has a 10% target share to Kareem Hunt's 4% with seven with 16 targets to Hunt's seven, and he has run 77 routes in those four games. Kareem Hunt has run 36. So you actually have seen Jerome Ford out there more involved in the passing game than Kareem Hunt, despite what you know probably a lot of people expected would be the case when Kareem Hunt was was brought back onto the team. 
slight edge every week for Jerome Ford in snap share as well. Yes, he's more expensive than Hunt, but I, I definitely think the upside is is still there. And speaking to your point, you're right. If you're going, you know, if we're playing a sheer volume game because the lack of efficiency could be an issue with a total this low, um, two good defenses, two bad offenses, as you mentioned, a banged up offensive line, uh, then maybe the three studs doesn't make as much sense. And grabbing both running backs makes a lot of sense. Brees Hall, Jerome Ford, and you hope the volume just gets them there uh, instead of target. Like, I, I would have no problem, you know, having lineups spit out in the Sims where it's like, okay, I have Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, and Jerome Ford. Or Brees Hall, Amari, and Jerome Ford without having all of Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, and Amari Cooper. I'd be perfectly fine with that, and I anticipate that being the case in a lot of lineups. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it'll be the case in a lot of lineups too, because going Jerome Ford instead of that additional stud will get you to like Njoku over Gibson or like Conklin over Brownlee. You know, something that feels really good right now, especially when you look at safety in lineups for your larger field guys. Maybe you do want to get like to the Brownlee stuff. Our Sims do a great job of that too, figuring out which tournaments these players can work best in. But yeah, I, I think just the overall volume with Ford right now in the context of this slate makes a lot of sense, which I didn't think I was going to say when I woke up this morning. Yeah, me neither. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, well, it's kind of a fun team. They have, if you thought though that they had clear options and nobody else is viable, you'd kind of be mistaken because the Cleveland Browns in four starts with Flacco, 25% target share for Cooper. He obviously left one of those games early. In Joku, 22%. Elijah Moore, and again, one of those, one of those games with Elijah Moore getting a lot of targets, Amari Cooper went down. And then more started getting peppered. So I think that's a little bit misleading, but still 15% target share. Cedric Tillman, 11%. Jerome Ford, 9.5%. Uh, there are some guys that you could probably look towards here that are going to be on the field a lot. I mean, Cedric Tillman's playing, what, 70 plus percent of snaps each week. Elijah Moore is going to be out there for 80% of snaps. Then you've got David Bell. I don't know if Marquise Goodwin plays. If he doesn't, maybe. James Prochet gets some opportunities, but I do think outside of Amari, we still have to at least have the conversation about Moore and Cedric Tillman, Matt. I think Moore is a little expensive when you compare him to Njoku, who just is straight up better numbers overall, like really across the board, volume, efficiency, ever, everything favors Njoku, but that does kind of set you up for a good leverage spot. If you're playing large enough field tournaments, don't really expect more to be anywhere near his own as Njoku. So again, to sum that all up, I would rather just find the salary to get to Njoku rather than play more. And I kind of think I would rather play Tillman over him right now too, because, you know, like playing Elijah Moore, you have to forego someone pretty good in your lineup. Right now, Tillman projects among the best value plays when you just look at pure punts. Again, I think a lot of this has to do with Alan Lazard in flux. If he's out, I imagine Gibson and Brownlee both project a little better than Tillman. 
But right now he has the better role. He's going to be on the field more than those two guys, assuming Lazard plays. So we'll see how that shakes out. But he's fourth in line for targets, maybe fifth when you include the running backs. But when you throw the ball 40-plus times every game like Flacco does, that can lead to decent games when you just are the guy that pops up and he's cheap. For sure. Cleveland J 440 said, I see this dude never watched the Fansky call plays. He don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I see that you've never watched any of my shows before because I've been saying from the jump that Flacco can keep this passing volume up. Been saying that ever since his first start, that I wouldn't be surprised if he kept chucking at 40 plus times a game. Um, anytime Flacco has come in in relief over the past couple of years, even with the Jets, they just say, go out there and chuck it, fella. Um, but I don't think that means on a one-game slate that we should go into it and with every lineup build under the assumption that Flacco is going to keep throwing 40 times per game. This remain slate, I would take a totally different approach to it. My mindset would be different. But on a one-game slate, I have no problem saying, hey, you know what? Like Matt said, maybe they go up super early and they do start to run the football um, or, or maybe, you know, maybe they struggle early throwing the football and, and they try and go to the ground. Things can happen. And on a one game slate, you have to at least consider every single option because, um, look, I'm not saying you and I consider the Raiders winning 63 to 21 against the chargers. Right. But if you go back and look at some of these primetime games, some of the results come so far out of left field, Matt, that if you're not trying to consider everything, you're doing it wrong. You have to consider everything. Sometimes that's the biggest edge you can possibly gain. And I mean, we have tools for this too. Lineup generator allows you to play with different game scripts, which is something I really like doing because we, we talk about this all the time. How does this player project in this game script? What does this look like? So I remember someone in chat asked about Brees Hall being game scripted out. You can run that. Run what it's like if the spread is like 14 plus or something. And Cleveland jumps out to a massive lead. What does Brees Hall project like? How much do you get him? You can find that out. But yeah, I mean, that's how you can find some of these diamonds in the rough too. What if they continue to pass a lot and Tillman just ends up with a few more targets than we normally would project? At his price tag, that's going to be really valuable. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tolga said that showdown ownership this year has been very off i think the sims have something yeah look the inception of sims being used everywhere could definitely have something to do with it um it's it's totally possible i will say though our sims tools have crushed showdowns this year uh, our own tom kennedy just took down by the way he almost won a million nba with the sims tool the other day did you see that tom finished second for 150k i didn't but I know I I've seen Tom at the top of a lot of stuff. I don't play yeah. NBA, but he's been he's been he was like played the five 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 milli last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember. He was like top five in that. Yeah, man. I don't yeah, know. He, he, Tom is grinding silently. You're not going to see him victory lap for but sure. He's up there. <laughs> but uh, no, man. He 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 chopped the he chopped first place in the showdown the other night. Ran deep. And by the way, uh, the guy's a man of his word. He ran default settings. He just factory settings on the Sims for NFL and chopped that. Oh, man, I, I came in six in the big play action the other day, and there were, like, no dupes up top. So it was still a decent payout. But, man, I think I was I think I think was one point out of first place, just default settings on the Sims in the play action for the, Detroit, uh, the Denver and, uh, and Patriots game. 
the lineup had crawl what's it lucas crawl what's his name crawl that's him that guy rules he wins a pit dude it had him in there i never i never would have gotten there on my own with as much as as much as i did uh yeah sims have been crushing for me for for showdown and guys there's still there's still time there's still time to get in you, you can get a week right now sims max package sims data uh get in on the week check it out for yourself i i think you're gonna love it i mean the tool is amazing you can run default settings but you can upload custom projections you can do roi boosts you can there's so many adjustments that you can make like it's not just hit one button you can you can customize it any way you want or you don't have to and still give yourself a competitive edge um so yeah links are down there in the description and in chat we had another guy this 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 made me very happy we had a guy hit us up yesterday on Twitter, Matt. He has the NBA Sims and the NFL. He he's like, this has changed my life. In the in the same week, 6K for NBA, and then the very next day, 7,500 in NFL, just running the Sims. I actually saw that tweet. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Really good stuff. If we're talking about it on a show and if I'm using it myself, I want to know that it works before we're even talking about it. So, um, Mike, did we run them? Are they updated? All right, we can pull that up. Uh, Dante said, going to try it today. You convinced me, Lafayette. Yeah, listen, man, uh, if you don't like it, try it. But I can tell you this much. The way that it works is it's simming, you know, a contest 40,000 times. And Matt, you could touch on this. I spoke about it with Ben yesterday. There's going to be weeks. There's going to be days, I should say, we where you don't where you don't have great lineups. But the variance and the randomness in NFL is so incredible and the sample is so small. That as long as you know that you're getting positively simmed ROI lineups in there, that's how you're setting yourself up for success. Ben said it like this. He's like, listen, if someone told you you were going to win the lottery um, in the next couple of years, you just have to play it. He's like, would you care if you lost a bunch before you won the lottery? It, it is a very similar concept, and I thought that was a great way to put it. Ben's hilarious. That is a great way to put it. It makes sense. But uh, wow. anyway, yeah, try it out for a week, guys. Uh, this would be the perfect time to do it because you have Thursday night football tonight. You have Saturday showdown as well. And then you have Sunday main slate, afternoon slate, and you have Sunday night football. So you're still getting like a ton of slates on there. You'll see a link down there if you want. The Sims Max Monthly, Sims Data Plus. Uh, I would recommend if you want to be able to generate and, and export more lineups, do the Max. If you're playing just single entry or smaller field stuff, do the Sims Data. Uh, and if you ever have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. My DMs are always open. Uh, I can point you towards the tutorials and a, and a better understanding of how to use this. All right, what else do we have for the Browns, Matt? Before we before we get out of here, how much how much Flacco captain are you getting to today? I think I'm going to get to some. Again, I think just with the way these two teams both play, no rushing equity with either quarterback, and a lot of volume for the receivers, it makes more sense to play the pass catchers or the run game. But Flacco, I definitely have more interest in than Simeon. He'll push the ball downfield more. You get more big plays, more touchdown equity with him. So I imagine as the night comes along, he's going to be in my pool, but he's going to be below Amari, assuming he plays, and Joku, the Jets studs, more than likely. Just a small piece of the captain portfolio. Large in the flex, though. Yeah. Anyone else for Cleveland? I mean, we we love Njoku, right? We would agree Njoku, just a phenomenal play, captain or flex today. Yeah, 100%. He might be my favorite captain. 
I think he is my favorite captain. I think, honestly, Njoku and Brees Hall are probably my two favorite plays in this game. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, any backup tight end option, Harrison, Harrison Bryan always seems to vulture a touchdown when you least need him to. Yeah, so the thing I'll say about Cleveland is they, and this is kind of why we like Njoku, Amari Cooper, and Elijah Moore, although he's a little expensive, more than some of the other players. They just don't run a consistent wide receiver three or a tight end two. Tillman plays the most for a wide receiver three, but you also see a handful of snaps for David Bell and Marquise Goodwin when he's active. They play different roles. Marquise Goodwin's a field stretcher. Bell plays this like big slot. He's almost like a tight end hybrid. And then they use multiple tight ends more than you'd think. Harrison Bryant and Jordan Aikens play a fair amount. So if you're playing the large field lotteries, I think you can gamble on these guys in a handful of your lineups, especially a guy like Harrison Bryant, who has better routes than a lot of those cheaper receivers. So And he's also used around the end zone, just being a big bodied tight end. He makes the most sense, but I would sprinkle all of those players if you're playing the largest of fields tonight. Okay. And I should point out, Matt, because we leave no stone unturned here on the uh, NFL Showdown Strategy Show, the tools right now, just looking at the top single game and showdown plays tool. Uh, by the way, with the Sims tool, I know we've had these questions. You still get our projections, our ownership, our boom bust tool, top stack, single game, top plays tool, uh, premium discord. Make sure to join the family. Come say hi. You get all of it, by the way, including the lineup generator. Um, you can always get the lineup generator separately, too, for $14.95. Uh, if you're not trying to get the Sims, but just so you know, all these tools are included, not just Sims. They do. The tools do like Browns and Jets defense today. I, I, we didn't talk about that or the kickers, but I, I think there's an argument to be made really for in a game like this, getting kickers in, getting defenses in. I don't really have much interest in captaining defenses today, but maybe it's not the craziest thing. Joe Flacco does get picked off quite a bit. Like there might be some Jets pick six action happening in a game like this. Yeah, it is Joe Flacco versus Trevor Simeon at the end of the day. Like, if you were talking about this as a preseason matchup, you'd be all over the defenses. But... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so for I, sure. I get it. I also understand the salaries make sense in this range, too. Right now, just favors defense and kickers over getting to players like Gibson, Brownlee, which, I, I mean, makes sense when you looked at the Ford ownership. You're getting a lot of lineups, I imagine, that are like Browns, D, and Ford versus, like, I don't know, an additional stud and then a punt receiver like Brownlee. So, yeah, I, I get the defenses. I like them. I don't know about captain. And then Patterson's the only kicker in the pool right now. I think he's fine. He's a backup kicker, so just know what you're getting into. So, Joe Flacco leads the league in touchdown passes since he took over four weeks ago. And 20-plus yard also, passes. What's that? And 20-plus yard passes. And 20-plus yard passes. However... He also leads the league in interceptions. So, I mean. Well, he, he hasn't been playing as long, as, or he's been playing longer than Nick Mullins. Just wait. We'll wait on that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Nick Mullins is uh, second in three starts with six. So, yeah. But you get my point, right? Like the Jets yeah. secondary could absolutely wreak havoc. And I didn't want to, I didn't want us to not touch on that today. So uh, I do like, actually, I like both defenses quite a bit. Anyway, ready to build a lineup before we turn this over to the NBA strategy show? Let's do it. All right, Josh and uh, Adam coming up next, so don't go anywhere. You are up. Time to captain. I know where you're going, but I'll let you say it yourself. Njoku. Let's go, baby. All right, I'll go Brees Hall. We'll do DraftKings. Should we say 
large field or, or, or smaller field single entry? What are you feeling today? Let's do let's do a smaller field today. Okay, we'll consider like the five dollar or the fifteen dollar, uh, whatever that one is. It's so, like ten k, fifteen k entrance or something. Yeah, it's like Middling. five. Or, it's like five yeah. to seven thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so in Joku, I got Brees Hall. All right, I'm gonna put in Flacco. Okay. I'm gonna try something now. Okay, I don't. We should be okay. Because we went in Joku captain and not Hall. I'm going to go Jerome Ford. I, I do think this could be a good spot for him. Yeah, I think we could do this. We got to play one punt guy. But I think if you throw in like Cedric Tillman, you're just fine here. I'll do him. Tillman? Yeah. All right. And I'm going to go Jets defense. I actually like this build a lot because you're going with a Flacco Hall or Flacco and Joku Ford stack, but also Jets defense. People might not love that in single entry stuff. Actually, you have Tillman too. So you have a full Brown stack, but also Jets defense. I kind of love that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. You also have enough money for Conklin if you don't, if, if you're opposed to this, which I don't think you should be. But if you are, Conklin's there too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In larger fields, I have no problem throwing Jets in there. If you do get a defensive score and like three interceptions or something, it doesn't matter if you give up 24 points. It really won't. Not in a game like this. So especially since we have all of those Cleveland players to begin with guys, follow Matt Kajeski at Matt underscore Kajeski. Uh, this has been uh, an insane amount of fun hanging out with you every morning for these showdown slates every Monday and Thursday throughout the entire season. I know we'll be back, right? Like we'll be back on Monday for uh for divisional or wild card weekend, whatever, whatever they have us doing, uh, whatever the league has us doing when it comes to these single game slates in the playoffs, but it's been a fun season, man. It certainly has. Yeah, man, a ton of fun. Thank you for you showing up every single Monday and Thursday, hanging out with me. And thanks to all the people that have made this part of their routine. It's early for some of you, but we really appreciate being able to do everything we love and talking about really fun game and diving in the weeds with you guys. So thank you all for being here as well. Yeah, man. Uh, Hoiser, uh, so now the, the, link, the, the link for better is fine. You don't need a promo code. You don't need a promo as long as you have the link. You're fine. There's no promo code necessary, just the link if you're trying to get that deposit bonus and the free square. Anyway, uh, I'm at Lafayette underscore D on the Twitters, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Thanks to Mike for producing this one. We will see you guys back here for the next one. Peace.